Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Clement. I'm your host, Acacia Clement. Our episode is brought to you by our good friends at Gainsway. From top international bloodlines to rising stars on American soil, Gainsway has put together a stallion roster that is not only primed for future success, but is currently making its mark on the track led by Caraconti's rising star, Spenderella. Make sure to check out their entire roster for 2022 and see for yourself the power, passion, and performance of Gainsway. Thanks very much for their support as I really enjoyed today's episode. Today's guest um, has one of the best eyes in the business, has had tremendous success buying horses, training horses, putting horses in the right spot around the country, finding them opportunities to get black types. So I was really excited to have the chance to pick his brain. He's been on the show before talking about a big horse, um, but looking forward to kind of checking in again this year and hearing some really, really wonderful insight. Uh, I am recording this intro on Wednesday, which is the day before opening day up at Saratoga. It's basically like the Christmas Eve of racing, you know, I mean, I'm married to an assistant trainer. So Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, whatever day of the year it is, we're at the stable in the morning. It doesn't matter what kind of day it is. But the night before Saratoga has that buzz, has that excitement like a Christmas Eve. Um, I'm really excited to uh, to be kicking off at this meet. This will actually be my my fourth year with Naira and covering Saratoga. So my fourth summer, which is kind of crazy. Um, time really, really does fly. Uh, actually, my husband and Miguel and I uh, started dating up in Saratoga. We initially met in Saratoga. It's kind of a home base for us right now. So it's really a special place for both of us and hoping for a really, really successful meet for the stable this summer, but also just really looking forward to seeing the amazing equine stars on display. We're going to have some really big names running up at the spa this year. Um, all the, the people that'll be in town, the, the, the racetrack characters, uh, and the fans, especially two years ago, we didn't have anybody on the racetrack. And last year it was definitely uh, more normal, but I think it's just going to be a big old party this summer up at Saratoga. So if you're coming up to the spa for the weekend or the day or whatever it is, um, I'll be in the paddock running all around. Please stop and say hi. Um, would love to to chat with you and get a chance to meet all of our wonderful fans. Racing truly has amazing fans, and, and we're grateful for all of that support and looking forward to all of the big things to come this summer. So with that, we'll get right into it. Welcome in today's special guest on In the Ring. Really happy to welcome in trainer Kenny McPeak to the show here today. And Kenny, I've been looking forward uh, to having the opportunity to pick your brain a little bit once again. Of course, uh, I know the July sale just took place, but I know something a lot of people would like to hear about um, Classic Causeway last week in the Belmont Derby. First of all, congratulations. Um, let's start off. Would you tell me a little bit about just what your journey has been like with this horse and the couple races that you've had him? You know, he's been a lovely horse to be around. Um, I was kind of surprised when I got the call if I was interested in taking him. And, um, you know, obviously a nice horse like that. I mean, he's, he's, um, we've run against him several times and I've been impressed by him. And, but um, to handling, he, he was an absolute all class colt to be around. And he, um, we've been trying to, I mean, in the morning, he's very relaxed horse in the morning, no problem. But in, in the races, 
he tends to want a little do do a little too much the first half mile and so we uh worked on that a little bit but um obviously he's a very good grass horse and that was a, a pleasant surprise and felt like felt like he'd like it knowing his st- the sire so um mm-hmm. and of course the rest is history yeah, it by Giants Causeway. Um, and tell me a little bit about that decision to try the grass. Of course, there's the giant cause, Giants Causeway on the top. And he actually, you know, he kind of he looks like it too. Um, was that a bit of a tough decision for you or just kind of a let's see what he can do in this spot type of call? You know, um, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a long story. So after he ran in Ohio, um, you know, Brian Hernandez, uh, he, he made an attempt to rate him out up there mm-hmm. and I thought that the horse really needs to learn to raid off other horses in the worst way so so we went to dinner after uh, the Ohio Derby with the with the owner and a bunch of their family and had a wonderful time I was with my six-year-old daughter and she had a good time with their kids but we were talking about the horse's um next steps and I told him I said look um you know, we could, we could do all the obvious. We could go to the Haskell. We could go mm-hmm. to the West Virginia Derby, or we could go to the Jim Dandy, or we could point him towards the Travers. And, you know, maybe, you know, there, there's, some, there's some options out there. I said, but at some point in time, you've got to try this horse on the grass. Mm-hmm. I said, because if you try him on the grass and, and he likes it, this is a horse that could take you all over the world. And I think the pace of the grass races suit him a little bit better too, Mm -hmm. or I thought they would. So at dinner, they said, well, do whatever you think's right. And I said, well, I looked after watching him cool out. He actually got tired in the race in Ohio. Mm -hmm. I thought that he was probably 80, 85% fit for, to be able to hold them off wire to wire. But um, I thought maybe it was more of a, a really good blow for him as opposed to, you know, what all was there. So, they said, do whatever you think's right. So I shipped him from, I got him to Saratoga the next day. And I told my staff, I said, listen, get him out there on the grass course yeah. in Saratoga, because I'm going to ask for him to be invited to the Belmont Derby. Well, he wasn't, he hadn't been invited. And so I, the racing office said, well, he's never run on the grass. And I said, I get it. But if you can get him in, I'd like to run him. And they said, well, Right now, it's an overflowing field. We have to have some defections. So they got the defections, and um, and they put him. They let me put him in. And um, so we took him over the grass course on Sunday, and um, they actually put him on the wrong course. He actually galloped <laughs> over the steeplechase course. <laughs> but he liked it. Yeah. And, and Danny Ramsey, everybody knows Danny that's worked for me for a long time, um, the youngest exercise rider in America. I'm being mm-hmm. facetious. Um, but Danny said, Kenny, love the turf. And I said, well, Tuesday, I want you to, I want you to two minute lick him five eights. And uh, just, I don't want him going fast because we want to, we're trying to turn his brain off a little bit. And I said, just, just nice, steady 15 seconds, you know, eighths. And he, 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 he still worked fast. He still worked mm-hmm. 103 on the clock which is about 12 seconds faster than I wanted him to go. But anyway, Danny came back and said, Kenny, he loves the grass. So we put him in and then, then it was a matter of Julian, you know, gearing him down a little bit, that first portion. I was hopeful that nobody would go with him. And if they didn't go with him, I knew he'd be really hard to catch. 
And, um, you know, just really proud of him, proud of the team and the logistics. And, you know, the owners get a lot of credit because they didn't handcuff me with, oh, that's back too quick. Or, you know, I mean, look, if horses are eating well, they can run. And I think there's a bit of analysis paralysis sometimes in, um, in our sport that we overanalyze and don't want to run horses back too quick. And, uh, you know, but if a horse is doing well, you know, there's no reason you can't. For the training purposes, and you mentioned having the opportunity to have him go over the turf course up at Saratoga, whether it's on the steeplechase side, you know, the Oklahoma has the turf course up here too. How much of a benefit is that for, for you and for, for horsemen to have the opportunity to see how that horse moves and, and get feedback from your riders as to how he, he covers over the turf? Yeah, I think it's a big deal. Um, I have my own grass course at our farm in Lexington, and and we could have done something there with him, but then we would have been so far away from New York to, that it would have been logistically tough. But, yeah, it does matter. I think horses – and I think you can look at a horse's angles on their feet or their mm -hmm. pasterns and get, a, get an idea whether they'll like it or not. And anybody that's ever seen Giants Causeway, mm -hmm. he – I mean, Giants Causeway, the sire – Classic Causeway is his father's son. There is no question. I mean, they, they, it's spitting image. It's eerie how much they look alike. And Giants Causeway reeled off five straight grade ones in Europe. Um, you know, he was second in the, in the Guinea, both the English and the Irish Guineas at, at uh, I think those are mile races, but, um, you know, just a top talent on the grass. So there wasn't any reason. It's what rocket science. There wasn't any reason to believe he wouldn't like it. And he was actually part of a really good Saturday for you around the country. And I wanted to ask you about Butterbean because I saw your your tweet as to where the name came from. She won the Iowa Oaks on Saturday as well. Will you tell me a little bit about that horse and, and why she's so special? Yeah, you know, that's really cool. You know, she was one of the last yearlings that I bought out of the end of the Keeneland September sale. She was only $22,000. Mm -hmm. and, and I let my daughter name her. And we did one of our Magdalena partnerships, which is a really great group of people. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that's just been a real fun family horse. Um, she seems to have gotten better and better. Um, I'm at the Churchill Barn now. We just had her out on out checking her, you know, post-race stuff. And she's, she's still bouncing around. But everybody thinks she's named after Butterbean the Boxer. And Butterbean the Boxer, I look more like Butterbean the Boxer than Butterbean the Horse. <laughs> And, um, and uh, Butterbean is actually a fairy in, I, you know, I don't even know, is it a Disney, Disney, kids, Disney thing, but Annie loves naming them and I let her name one every now and then she wanted to name her cupcake, but it was taken. And so, uh, but Butterbean's caught a lot of people root for her because they like the name. I it's love a lot it. of fun. I'm proud of that Philly. Yeah, I love hearing stories like that and, and all the, the behind the scenes in a family fair. And you mentioned you bought her for a modest price, too. And um, you have such a sharp eye and it always amazes me. And I always look look twice, you know, when I see you sign a ticket for a horse. And what are some of the things at the sales that maybe you've learned over the years that you find yourself being a little bit more forgiving on to, to find some of those bargain buys? Um, I'm, a, I'm obsessive about the hind leg. Mm -hmm. um, the way a horse is made through their hip makes a racehorse. I've never seen a top racehorse that had a bad hind leg. Mm -hmm. And I've spent my entire career studying the way horses walk and the way horses move. And, you know, when I was a young trainer, I didn't get very good horses. I had 
a lot of claimers and um I would always, even when I claim, had claimers, I would study who they were by, who they were out of, uh, what what are the length of their pastures look like, you know, whether their feet were turf or dirt, or how how they um, walk through themselves. And so, when you go to a yearling sale, I always say I've looked at enough bad horses and trained enough average to bad horses to know what they look like, and then and then uh, had enough good ones to know the difference and. So when I go to an auction, I think it's very instinctual. Um, you know, I'll walk through and and um, I'll look at hundreds of horses. And then there are those that catch my eye that, that, you know, this horse has got all the right parts in the right places. You know, there's a really good book called, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a reader. Um, yeah. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Blink. And it talked about how people analyze certain situations. And it talks about the synapses in your brain. And they gave art experts, they gave a large group of art experts, one group got seven seconds to decide whether a piece of art was real or fake. Wow. And another group had two days. And the seven second group was significantly more successful at predicting real or fake. And so mm -hmm. it's the same with racehorses, especially when you're looking at 400 a day, yeah. that you can't dwell and going back to the analysis paralysis you can't you have to go on instinct and i do a lot of that at auction i love doing it i mean i, I think that the only way you can compete at a high level is to out buy them at auction and you've had a lot of success in buying big horses and um as i said we just wrapped up the july sale you were really busy there and uh with quite a few purchases and so buy some new stallions as well. Can you kind of recap what you saw at the sale a bit and, and some of the horses that you walked away with? Yeah, um, it's, um, I think Fazek does a great job of that auction. And, and I don't buy a lot of two-year-old in trainings. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even attend a two-year-old in training sale this year. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan. And mm -hmm. so a lot of my clientele have, have uh, saved their powder for the yearlings, which I always encouraged. So we get over there and yeah, there were some young stallions. I bought three Vino Rossi's. Mm -hmm. I thought that on the physicals, he's putting a great hip on the horse, on, on his young old horses. And of course, I bought Curlin. Mm -hmm. who, so he's the son of Curlin and he's stamping a lot of his young horses. And I'm, I, I wasn't around Vino Rossi a lot, you know, just on the fringes, but he's stamping that Curlin look to him, to his foals. And um, I was impressed. And then um, we bought a couple of Enticed, which is a stallion that, that uh, Darley has mm -hmm. that I thought he was really stamping his fillies. And um, we bought a couple of Not This Times and uh, those are worked out. And then a couple others, a Kintheros and a Street Sense and a Distorted Humor. But you know, look, I, I love it. Um, I love working through them, sorting them down focusing on the ones that I like if they bring the right number then then we try to grab them and that's um it's a modest sale when it comes to the averages but it's a great sale when it comes to the percentage of stakes winners from auction because there's um I think they're almost nine percent out of that sale mm -hmm. and uh, that's a pretty good number you can you can uh, come up with a really good horse smile happy came out of there tis the bomb take charge lady repent Harlan's holiday I could go on and on 
You talked about stallions stamping their progeny. Is that something that you look for in particular, mm. especially this time of year when we're seeing some newer stallions? Are you more encouraged when you see the reflection of that stallion in their offspring? It's not all the stallion. Um, yeah. You know, it definitely, the mare is important. Um, the three, well, I'll go through the Vino Rossis. Rossis. Mm. Um, the one, first call we bought, um, female line had crafty prospector in it and i thought that that cult had quite a, quite a bit of crafty prospector coming out mm -hmm. as well as the vino rossi and then um then um the second one which was hip number 48 was out of spitestown there mm -hmm. and spitestown i think adds a nice injection of speed yeah and then the third one was out of uh, unbridled song there and he was a little bit larger and coarser than than the other two, but the same power package and the same hind leg. And so, you know, when you start adding it up, I mean, they're all apples and oranges in the long run. And, mm -hmm. um, but but I think these are horses that have a real chance to compete at a high level. How much do you balance the pedigree with the physical when looking at the sales? Uh, the physicals all first. Um, you can you can you can look. You want to see how the pedigree, the rhyme and the reason of the physical that goes with the pedigree. There has to be like for example, the entice were were very typical Medaglia Doro types, mm -hmm. and enticed is out of a I believe a mine shaft mare, which is a good injection of buck passer. So I think that the the chances of enticed being a good Philly stallion mm. is there. And so he stamps, he stamped his Phillies at this auction. And I didn't see any Colts by him, just mm. ironically. <laughs> and I didn't see any, any Vinos that I thought were the Philly. I didn't see any Phillies that, that, that struck me. So it's all, it's, it's, it's all instinct and it's, um, it's a game of failure. I can tell you that. <laughs> Keeps you humble, right? Oh yeah. Now, I wanted to go back to what you said about gearing more towards the yearling sales versus the two-year-old sales. And when you, you're buying yearlings, you do have much more of a blank slate. Um, will you tell me a little bit about the difference in what you look for with yearlings and the, the state of development that they're at at that time and how you kind of balance that and where they might go from there? Well, they're developed enough as yearlings to be able to see how the package is going to grow. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can you can usually add a a half hand or a hand to a horse, and you can see where they may when they really fill out. And um, I think I think it's a great way to buy horses. I mean, I don't understand why more trainers aren't more active at those sales. I mean, mm -hmm. there weren't that many trainers there, and that, I don't I don't understand. It's a kind of a head scratcher for me. I'm glad, I guess, but. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, how they come together and the two-year-old training sale, I just don't, you know, those, those eighth of a mile breezes or yeah. even a quarter of a mile, uh, you, you really want a horse that can do more 12 seconds all the way around there as opposed to nine and four. So, I mean, uh, those guys that pin up horses are really good at it, but it's, for me, it's just, uh, I mean, I, and I've been successful. I bought some golden mm -hmm. ticket was a horse I bought in a two-year-old sale and sweet talker, and I've got a list of others, but 
it's just I would prefer the yearlings. Mm -hmm. Have there is there a story that maybe comes to mind of a horse that surprised you from coming from the sale and maybe thought, oh, you know, this horse would kind of be an average one and maybe we'll have a little fun, but nothing really special. And then kind of jumped up within training and really progressed from there. Can can you think of a maybe a couple of instances like that? I always find those stories interesting. Swiss skydiver. Um yeah. she she was a filly that that we really didn't pay that much attention to even in the spring of her two-year-old year. And then she had a chip in her ankle that we had to take out. And I want to say May. And it was small, you know, easy stuff. Never bothered her again. But, um, you know, we had her on the farm and she was in the layup division. And, you know, we have a bunch of horses that go through shins, like all of them, and P1 sagittal ridge chips. or And usually it's basic stuff. And but she never, she never really lit anybody up. And then we ran her, she broke her maiden first time out in a, in one of those auction maidens, right. which I love those by the way, because mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've usually bought quite a few that are, that'll fit that condition. Yeah. And, and then um, she got beaten her second start, which I thought she should have won, but it was probably the wrong distance. And then we shelved her for a while, but then she even got beat in Tampa when we raced her for black type. She ran fifth, or actually a poorly ridden fifth in Tampa. But then after that, she just took off. Mm -hmm. It was craziness. After that, it seemed like we were on an airplane taking her someplace <laughs> every month. And um, but she really didn't even even after a race in Tampa in February, it wasn't, oh wow, this is a top, top, top horse. And by the end of the year, she was champion. It was just so fun to follow her journey too. And she kind of like when she won the Gulfstream Oaks and then you mentioned just all the different tracks that she ran at, all the different horses that she faced, just the way that she carried herself throughout the year um, was so fun to watch. And I mean, talk about what it's like for a horseman to have a horse that's so durable like she was too. Yeah, no, she was tough as nails. Um, loved to run and, uh, you know, gosh, I wish we'd, kept her another season yeah. too but that's the business of it all mm -hmm. but yeah i know it's amazing it's amazing to get those kind and you're um I always say racing horses is kind of like surfing and you're looking for the you're looking for the big wave and you want to ride it as long as you can but uh, but unfortunately they all come to shore mm -hmm. so that that's you know but she she was an amazing wave to ride and we've had some other really good horses over the decades. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, we're, we're just about to start uh, Saratoga. I know you have a lot of horses coming up at Ellis Park as well. Uh, what are some things we can keep our eyes on from the barn over the next couple of months over the summer? Well, I've got I've got a really good group of horses and a good team of people up there already. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm hoping that I don't get caught in in an equine herpes virus I know. Uh, I um, know. quarantine issue this year. So that would be um, disappointing. I don't want to deal with that again. Um, last year we were completely handcuffed up there, which was weird. Um, I spent more time on Lake Saratoga than I did in the winter circle. <laughs> um, but you know, this year this year could be a lot of fun. You know, I'm hoping that the Kentucky horses are more competitive than they are normally i mean i think the fact that we've shifted the purse structure in our direction then the quality of the horses coming out of kentucky 
in years past, don't get much respect in Saratoga. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, if you bet me at Keeneland, I'm usually 50 cents or 50% what I should be. Mm-hmm. And when you bet me at Saratoga, I'm usually double what I should be price-wise. Mm-hmm. If you understand that, if I'm five mm-hmm. to one at, at, at Saratoga, they'll make me 10 to one, but at Keeneland, I'm five to two. So anyway, um, the group of horses that we brought up are really kind of a who's who. Um, King Fury, you probably know. Yes. He's going to run um, early August, it looks like. Smile Happy. Um, that horse we're taking our time with. He's not going to go back in training till day after tomorrow. He had a little pulled muscle in behind, and we've got to do what's right for him to figure him out. And Creative Minister's up there. He's going to run in the Curlin. Classic Causeway. He's up there. He's going to run in the Saratoga Derby. Um, I've got a Frankel Colt that we'll probably uncork before the end of the summer okay. that we bought in, in golfs for a million dollars. Um, I've got a Medagli Duro Colt named Wolf County that we entered today that we're real high on. He, he, he came off a nice win here at Churchill recently. He seems he's a half brother to exaggerator. Nice. Um, I've got a horse named editorial comment. We bought out of Argentina. Who's won two graded stakes down there already. On Bhutan is up there, mm. who um, has won two false cities, amongst other things, and she's made just under a million. Crazy Beautiful, she could run in the Shuvi. Uh, Tis the Bomb, who I was disappointed in his race in the Belmont Derby, but mm-hmm. he may get a chance to run back in the Saratoga Derby. I think that horse is a lot better. He, he has a small mm-hmm. excuse coming out of there. Um, I've got some horses that are eligible for the auction maidens that we sent up the best versions of those that we have. A filly named Stellar Lady, I think, could pop early. Um, I've got a couple of European fold fillies. I've got a, 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 an Irish and a French filly that could run in the maiden two-year-old special weights long. Um, got a nice end of mischief filly in tomorrow named Lady Pookie who's mm-hmm. 15 to one and she should be about six. Yeah. And um, cocktail moments, second the Ashland, she'll be up there. Um, Camp Hope, he's a great sure. winner. Sure. He, he'll be up there. So, um, and by leaving the, the horses we're leaving at home are Rattle and Roll and Butterbean and Runaway Wife and Little filly named Corningstone, who I think is the stakes mm-hmm. filling in the long run. Livy of the Desert. So we've got a nice solid group. Sounds like a lot of excitement. And and before I let you go, I wanted to ask quickly, because um, you mentioned one that you had purchased over at, at Goffs, the Frankel. And I know last year um, they they did that that thing right after the Saratoga sale where there was a flight from Saratoga over for Arcana and, and having the opportunity to bring buyers over to Europe as well. Will you tell me a little bit about dipping into those markets and what you've seen with some of the European sales and um, maybe some of the takeaways from you and buying horses there? Yeah, you know, um, they invited me a couple of seasons ago, uh, Arcana did, and then I had I, the Sample Jew who won in mm-hmm. Indiana was a filly that I bought in France and she was sold in Ireland. But, you know, look, good horses come from everywhere and I love working those sales and it's a it's a great trip for the family sometimes like this year my my older daughter's going to help shortlist for me in France I'm really excited about that she's 21 and she's at Otterbein University in Ohio and she's going to break away a little bit to spend her 
spend her time with her dear old man. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, and then um, the trip that they put together is first class. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we took a charter over last year. Um, the, the Irish also take a charter out of New York over. And um, the English were trying to convince to take a charter. So, um, you know, it, the other thing is, is that the dollar is strong right now. And this mm -hmm. is a big motivating factor. Um, the dollar against the euro, the dollar against the pound, um, it, it, it makes it so it's not as painful buying ours over there. We've gone through years where it was really difficult to buy in Europe because of the, 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 the weakness of the dollar. Right. And when, when the euros, when the dollar's 50 cents against the euro, it makes it really difficult. But right now it's almost, I think it's 0.9. So um, that makes it, you know, motivating factor for sure. Well, can't wait to see uh, all the runners you mentioned this summer and a whole lot more. Um, Kenny, thank you so much for your insight. Insight, as always, so interesting listening to you and wishing all the best with the summer races coming up. Thank you very much. Thanks. Look forward to seeing you soon. See you at the races. Alrighty. And that'll do it for another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Kamal. Huge thank you to Kenny McPeak for taking the time and um, for giving all of his insight today. I just thought um, the way that he described the sales and some of the things that he talked about, so interesting. And um, hey, if you're a handicapper and a better, he gave you a bunch of tips of live horses to look out for this summer too. So big thank you to Kenny. Uh, can't wait to see all of those runners that he mentioned up at the spa this summer. Um, be back next week with another episode of In the Ring. I'm sure I'll have a lot to talk about because we're going to have the first four days up at the spa under our belts and be on the cusp of opening day at Del Mar. So looking forward to that episode, looking forward to being able to recap some of the action, look ahead uh, to all that's still to come. Thanks as always for joining me on In The Ring. As always, please share this episode, head on over to In The Money Media, make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter, check out all of the great content from my colleagues covering um, so many different topics within the world of racing. And especially they have all kinds of uh, great insight as far as wagering, um, previews of big stakes and things like that. So, so much good content for you with the big season of racing coming up over the summer. And I'll talk to you next week on In the Ring. Thanks everyone.